Hello, everybody, and welcome to Get Lit Minute, your weekly podcast for all things poetic, poetry, and poets. This series is produced by Get Lit Words Ignite, a nonprofit organization that uses poetry and spoken word to increase literacy and empower young people. My name is Dharma Lemon. In this podcast, we will focus on lives, history, and works of classic poets and modern-day contemporary poets. Today, we are going to be talking about poet, performer, and activist Olivia Gatwood. Olivia is a profound poet Pisces, born on February 23, 1992 in Albuquerque, New Mexico. She has shared that her experience growing up in Albuquerque shifted her understanding of what normal childhood should look like, reflecting that she only realized that losing friends to overdoses, drunk driving, gun violence, and domestic violence were not typical of friends she made later in life. I actually relate a lot to when Olivia says this. I lost a friend named Giselle Mendoza in a drunk driving accident when I was 16, and her writing has resonated a lot with my experience. Olivia says, I firmly believe that violence in New Mexico is a result of systematic neglect and should never be treated as just the way things are. Olivia believes embodying the spirit of challenge and change that her poetry is known for. Gatwood lived in the port of Spain, Trinidad, and Tobago for three years between the ages of 10 and 13. Living abroad also informed her worldview, especially as she spent her formative years there. Leaving America as a child and emerging from Trinidad as a teenager, Olivia says that she felt lost coming back to the U.S. as a young girl, simultaneously over-sexualized and expected to be pure. She says that she felt like she had no idea how to exist. This is a very common experience for young students and women all over the US. One of my students actually said something really profound lately that resonated with me. She said, I felt like my childhood was over when I turned 13. I think young girls feel forced to grow up really early when they feel over-sexualized in every single environment they encounter. Gatwood takes after both of her parents, who she describes as hippies who never set a curfew or tried to shelter her. Her mother, Jill Gatwood, was a sex educator, HIV epidemiologist, and an artist. Olivia says she had a stuffed chlamydia virus toy growing up. Her father, Brian Gatwood, was a middle school teacher from whom she says she inherited her emotional nature from. Brian shared that Olivia showed interest in writing from a very young age. She recalls writing aimless short stories on library computers as an eight-year-old, just because she wanted to record her imaginative stories. But it was in middle school and high school that Gatwood's writing career really began to take shape. As she started to write in order to process her emotions, she wrote, for example, about the sexism she experienced in the athletic world as a soccer player. Gatwood continues to use writing as a processing tool. She has struggled with depression for many years and finds that writing about it has been difficult, but has helped her reason through why she's experiencing it and how she wants to share it. Writing privately for many years as a child, Olivia says that she always read her work out loud to herself as part of her process. 
So when she was 13 and a performance poet visited her school, she realized that slam poetry would be the perfect fit for her, as sound and rhythm are central aspects of her work. She quit soccer, took on poetry club full-time, and went on to perform in various slam competitions. One of the most pivotal moments in Gatwood's life came when she was 15 years old and she decided to report her employer at a bakery she worked at as a high schooler for sexual harassment. Not knowing what she was getting herself into, Olivia was involved in a cross-action lawsuit for five years, leading 20 of her female co-workers to win a case and receive $10,000 settlements. During those years of interrogation, Gatwood learned the importance of honesty I've always been really adamant about remembering things exactly as they happened, as a form of protection and self-preservation. She said, The authenticity that characterizes her poems is one of the reasons why Gatwood's writing is so beloved. Olivia was actually one of the first poets I performed as a GLP. Known for her feminist voice, Known for her feminist voice, Gatwood's activism is a central part of her work writing about aspects of girlhood from puberty to sexual assault, to violence, to threats of violence, to relationships. She is careful not to be seen as a spokesperson for anything, but rather to help people look at an issue in a different way. Olivia Gatwood also identifies as queer and has written about her experiences dating masculine people versus feminine people and the fear that comes with being a part of the LGBT community. Olivia graduated from Pratt Institute's fiction program in 2015. After high school, she was a finalist at Brave New Voices and competed at the Women of the World and the National Poetry Slams. Though she transitioned away from slam poetry and competitive poetry because she doesn't feel that getting scored or ranked is productive for her, she is currently a full-time touring artist. Her performances have been featured on HBO, Huffington Post, MTV, VH1, and BBC. In the videos of her poems, including Manic Pixie Dream Girl and Ode to My Bitch Face, have garnered over 3 million views collectively. A short film, Backpedal, directed by Danny Pierce, was based on her poem of the same name. She also wrote A24's new film, The Governesses, and I can't wait for it to come out. Even though Gatwood's career was built up around the internet and social media, she feels uncertain about its place in her life. Her career publicizes her very intimate thoughts and experiences. Olivia says, that she's typically a very private person and doesn't like sharing her life all over Instagram. While she recognizes the importance of the internet in making poetry more accessible, she also thinks that it has made her works feel more mass produced and is uncomfortable with the overemphasis of followers and likes that distracts from the art itself. Gatwood is the author of the chapbook Drunk Sugar, her first collection, New American Best Friend, reflects on her experiences growing up in New Mexico and Trinidad and navigating puberty, relationships, and friendships. Her second collection, Life of the Party, matured with her audience to address darker themes. The book arose from her grappling with the role of poetry in addressing topics of violence against women, abuse, and anxiety. 
Life of the Party takes on stories of true crime, using poetry to probe into stories from these women's perspective, which is typically absent from the retellings. Because she spent so much time while writing it and confronting her triggers, Gatwood called it a poetic memoir of my fears, leaning into and processing her darkest experiences. She is the co-author of the children's book, Woke, A Young Poet's Call to Justice, with Mahogany L. Brown and Elizabeth Acevedo. And her first novel, Whoever You Are, Honey, is set to be released in 2022. She's also the co-host of a podcast with Melissa Lozada Oliva called Say More. The title is a nod to their extraness, their self-proclaimed vulgarity that stems from their unabashed honesty, taking on difficult and funny topics and asking each other questions from their fans. Gatwood engages with her listeners directly as she resonates for them virtually. In 2019, at the Get Lit Classic Slam, I actually met Olivia Gatwood. She is one of my biggest heroes, and I remember when I introduced myself to her, she said, I love the gap in your teeth. Because of her, I have decided to keep that, even though I still have braces. Some of Olivia's close friends and colleagues are her biggest mentors. Like her co-host, Lozada Oliva, she also lists some of her greatest influences as Kim Adenazio, Ada Limon, Lucille Clifton, Ross Gay, Christian Chang, Sharon Olds, Carrie Fountain, Amy Winehouse, and Lord. She continues to write, perform, and travel while based in Santa Cruz, California. Gatwood's work challenges the dichotomy between poems, written for the stage and for the page, because she wants to resist the devaluation of performance as less literary. She writes in a variety of forms, from odes and sonnets to prose pieces, conscious of many ways spoken word intersects with her collections. She says, I've been writing odes to the unexpected for a very long time, like since my young teenage life. I like odes as a form because I think they force the writer to zoom in especially when being asked to praise that which we've been taught to dismiss or dislike. Odes always get me writing for that reason. They kind of push me into looking at one thing rather than being daunted by a grand idea or concept, she shared in an interview with Glassworks. The poem I'm going to share with you now, Ode to the Women on Long Island, has hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube. Though she did not grow up there, Gatwood lived in Long Island for two years as a co-writer while she was on tour at the time. She was able to integrate into this community of women who were so unapologetic, so loud, and so angry, not out of any real desire to resist expectations, but because they were being authentic. Hear Olivia's honest tribute to these honest women and the special community they've created. I want to write a poem for the women on Long Island who smoke cigarettes in their SUVs with the windows rolled up before walking into yoga, who hack and curse in downward dog, and Deborah from the next block over who has strong opinions about Christmas lights after New Year's, who says her body isn't what it used to be, but neither is the economy or the bagels at Rickman's Deli. So who really cares? Who during Shavasana brings up the rabbi's daughter who got an abortion last spring, 
and Candy in the corner who is mousy and kind but makes a show of removing her diamond ring before every class because it's just too heavy, calls Deborah hateful, and the class takes a sharp inhale through the nose and then through the mouth. And after class, after Candy rushes home to check the lasagna, Deborah lights up a smoke and calls her friend Tammy. So then the girl calls me hateful. Hateful. Can you believe it? What a word. Some kind of dictionary bitch over there. And so you know what I says? I says, you don't know the first thing about hateful. You want to know what's hateful? Menopause. And it doesn't really matter if Deborah actually said that to Candy, which she didn't, because Tammy is so caught up that Candy called Deborah hateful, which she did, that next week, when Tammy runs into Candy while shopping at Rockville Center, Candy asks Tammy how she's doing. Tammy will adjust the purse strap on her shoulder and say, we all have a little coal in our stocking, Candy. And Candy will shuffle away, certain that Tammy knows something about her marriage that she shouldn't, and she doesn't. She just loves Deborah, who has a lot of opinions. And had Candy given her the chance to finish her sentence, Deborah would have talked about the reproductive rights march she went to in the 60s and the counterproductive sex-shaming methods of organized religion. I want to write a poem for the women on Long Island whose words stretch and curl like bubblegum around the forefinger, who ask if I have a boyfriend, and before I answer say, don't do it. Don't ever do it. You know my friend Linda? She's a lesbian, like a real lesbian. And whenever I go over there, she lives on Corona over by Merrick, by the laundromat. You know where I'm talking about. Whenever I go over there and see her and her wife, what's her name? I can never remember the girl's name. Anyway, whenever I go over there, I says, you know what I need? I says, I need a girlfriend. That's what I need. The women on Long Island smoke weed once a month on the side of the house after their husbands, Richard, Larry, Gary, Mike, or Tony, go to bed. They let their teenage daughters throw parties in the basement while they watch the home network upstairs and keep a bat by the couch in case anyone gets Mickey. Even if it's their own son who did the drugging, the women on Long Island won't put it past any man to be guilty. Even their kin who, after all, have their husband's hands and blood, and last week, when a girl was murdered while jogging in Queens, the women on Long Island were unstartled and furious. They did not call to warn daughters. They called their sons, took their car keys, their coats, locked the door, and sat them at the kitchen table. If you ever, and I mean ever so much as make a woman feel uncomfortable, I will take you to the deli and put your hand in the meat slicer. You think I won't? You hear me? I will make a hero out of you with mayonnaise and tomatoes and dill and onions. I want to write a poem for the women on Long Island who when I show them the knife I carry in my purse tell me it's not big enough, who are waitresses and realtors and massage therapists and social workers and housewives and nannies and tell me they wish they would have been artists but life comes fast. One minute you're taking typing classes for your new secretary job in the World Trade Center, and the next, it's almost over. Life, I mean. But I kicked and screamed my way through it, and so will you. I can tell by the way you walk. One more thing, when they call you a bitch, say thank you. Thank you very much.
I personally love this poem so much. Please look it up and watch it because Olivia does this amazing accent from Long Island and really brings the poem and dialogue to life. Thank you all so much for joining us for this week's episode. Get Lit Minute is a production of Get Lit Words Ignite. This podcast is produced by Samuel Curtis, executive produced by Diane Luby Lane, and engineered by Lucas Lane. This episode was researched and written by Sakura Price. Lucas Lane is our digital editor, and our editorial advisor is Kelly Grace Thomas. Special thanks to the entire Get Lit staff and donors who make this work possible, the teachers who use this podcast to educate their students, and to all students of life everywhere for tuning in and spending time with us today. If you want to hear more, check out the rest of our episodes on our website, getlit.org. That's G-E-T-L-I-T dot O-R-G. See you there.